Welcome everyone to the Gravity Beard Podcast. We're recording today in Studio A. Thank you as always to our listeners. We appreciate your continued support. Well, anyway, we went to the wedding. Had a good time. There were a lot of good looking girls. (laughs) Stuck with your mother. Uh, Your mother and I dated uh, twice a week, as I recall, for six weeks straight. And then one day... Okay, uh, so hang on a second. Pause just right there. How did you go from a really awkward first date to reluctantly taking her to a wedding to, well, date, to dating her twice a week for Okay, the wedding, the wedding did that because we spent the entire day together because of the right. wedding. Went to the church together, mm-hmm. uh, pictures uh, after the church service, um, the reception, of course, the dance... And you have enough to drink, you don't care who the hell you went by that time. So this was 12 hours later. But I guess my question is, is how do you transition from you're spending time with this person of obligation to where you like Because she never time? had a date. She didn't have nothing to do. I know, but to the point where you now enjoyed spending time with this person. Well, I, I found out more about her mm-hmm. on, uh, on uh, the time we spent. It was quality time that we spent at the date. And uh, like I said was lubricated a little bit more than I probably should have been Mm -hmm. and felt pretty comfortable, drove her home, gave her a kiss, went home, slept good, called her the next day, asked her if she was okay. She was bubbling over uh, and asked me, I think she said, she'll deny this, um, are we doing anything tonight? (laughs) And I'm I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And I said, uh, whenever... And again, it didn't cross my mind at that time. She's got nothing to do again tonight because I thought, okay, she has an open schedule for the time being. Right. But along the way, during that six-week period, she stood me up one time, which I knew she was standing me up. But um, she didn't know I knew. <laughs> so You had inside information somehow. Well, and so... Uh, I confronted her about that the next time we met up because mm-hmm. we had plans to go to the ice capades. That sounds kind of fancy. It was very fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, your grandfather, my dad, uh, hard to get tickets, and he got us tickets uh, down in the lower section, and we were supposed to go to the ice capades on this Saturday night, a couple weeks after her and I had gone to the wedding. And uh, <laughs> I call her up, say, hey, tomorrow night, Escapades. Escapades. And she said, oh, I'm sorry. I have to babysit for my sister's children. Interesting. I knew it was bogus. And why wasn't she pumped to go to the, I mean, those are hard tickets to get. Why wasn't she pumped about going to the There's Escapades? There's more to the story. <laughs> Settle there always down. is. Settle down. I'm getting there. Okay. So she blows off this Saturday night, right? Well, I had anticipated this coming sooner or later anyway, because she was a rich whatever from the north side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, but she wasn't pompous. She didn't have her nose up in the air. Um, she was from a common family who worked hard and made money. So even though they lived on the north side, had a big house, had the money, they still were blue-collar people. Right. And so I thought, well, maybe I have a chance. At any rate, then this comes along. And uh, I go, something that's right. 
So the next day comes along, and I knew her sister's phone number because we had met during the time that we were running around together these two or three weeks. Mm -hmm. And um, so at about 7 or 7.30 on that Saturday night that we were supposed to be sitting together at the ice capades. You called the number. I called her sister's house. Mm -hmm. And one of the kids, and they all had five or six kids. Right. So a kid's going to get to the phone before a parent. That's correct. Therefore, the parent couldn't cover. (laughs) And the kid doesn't know not to say the truth. Exactly. At that time. Right. Unless they lined them all up, all five of them, from two years old to eight years old and came, coached It came them. to an understanding as a group. Yeah. Right. Brainwashed them. Right. Hey, if Tom calls, she's on the toilet or she's Here, in the shower. Here's what you tell them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so kid picks up the phone. The, the kid um, can speak halfway decent. So I said, can I speak to your Aunt Janie? Oh, Aunt Janie's not here. Bingo. <laughs> Busted. But but <laughs> it just confirmed what I already knew. Right. Thought, okay, Aunt Janie's not there. Ah, uh, is your mom or dad there? Oh, yeah, they're both home. <laughs> <laughs> Bingo. Double busted. Yes. So her, the, the kid's mother, auntie, would be Janie's sister, mm-hmm. gets on the phone. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I said, that's okay. You don't have to tell me where she's at or anything. I just uh, thought she was with you and wanted to touch base, say hello, and see if she needed any help with the kids. (laughs) Well, that was nice of you to call, but thank you. Have a good evening. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. So short, short abbreviated conversation. So the next day, I call your mother and say, hey, how are the kids? No comment. Why? Sister got to her already. <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about now, it. Don't don't deny anything. Here's some ideas for changing of the subject. Because the old saying is, you tell one lie, you have to tell nine more mm-hmm. to get out of the first one. Right. What happens during the next nine? Busted. That's so, right. So the, uh, whole, the hole only gets deeper. I said, um, you know, uh, not a good thing. My dad got us tickets to the ice capades. And those are hard to get. And those were hard to get. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Exclamation point. <laughs> yes. Hard to get. And those are hard to get. So I gave them to our neighbor. They were thrilled. I'm sure. It's the ice capades. But my dad was disappointed because we didn't go to the ice capades. Right. So what's your story? Well, I would rather talk to you in person. I said, no, no. Telephone's fine. I wasn't about to drive over there. Right. I still only had a quarter of a tank of gas. <laughs> and now you're down to three dollars. I have my limits. Right. So, well, I was dating this guy from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Mm-hmm. He's going to dental school. He's gonna be a dentist. My parents love this guy, blah blah this, blah blah that. Sure, it all fits in with the north side. Well, he's a badger, so hmm. I said, and he's a badger. He's a badger. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. He fits in with the bakery family. Right. Right? You you sell all the sweets you can. Oh, Everybody, yes, of course. I mean, go down. Yeah. I didn't even put that together oh, myself. Oh, no. Put it, I did. 
<laughs> Absolutely. For Sell sure. them all the donuts you can, all the chocolate cake. My mm-hmm. son-in-law's a dentist. No problem. Yeah, I'll keep this kid in business. You have all your bases covered. Fill those teeth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, every birthday cake probably would have his business card taped to Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Anyway, so... It's, it's a foolproof plan. Moving right along. So anyway... You did ask the original question, right? I did. I did. Well, you're sorry for that by now. <laughs> anyway, so um, she explained to me that um, she had been dating him and was even at the funeral with him the first night that I met her. Oh, wow. Okay. And that she was a little concerned about going out with a total stranger. That's why Susie went along. That was a mistake on her. It went on and on and on and on. The whole six weeks, whatever, whatever, whatever. And so... Um, um, I said, so what's the deal? Well, I hadn't seen him for three weeks because we were d- uh, dating and I wanted to go out with him one more time to see if I liked him more than I liked you. Well, d- to be fair, that that's reasonable, right? That's somewhat reasonable. Not, not when the ice capade tickets are at <laughs> stake. I would, I would that's say true. the premise that's the premise true. might be fair and reasonable. Right, right. But ice capade tickets, come on. Good point. How often do those she in the lower picked, level? She could have picked any other I mean, date. we're not talking about the third mm-hmm. level here. I understand. I understand. You can actually see these people smiling. I wasn't aware that it was lower level ice capade tickets. It was lower level. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's get past that because like Bobby Baltazar, that still kind of sticks in right. my craw. I understand. Ice capade tickets. That's reasonable. So she tells me, you know, I made my choice. I like you better than him. So naturally the question was, why? This guy's going to be a dentist and live on the north side. Yeah, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. And she said, because you make me laugh. <laughs> well, that, that's a huge compliment, though. <laughs> I guess it was. Yeah. So I immediately looked in the mirror and I said, yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You make me laugh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Hey, sometimes the answer doesn't have to be complicated. It was short and sweet, because yeah. mm-hmm. you make me laugh. Yeah. So I guess the dentist didn't have much of a sense of humor. I don't know. But I went out because made her laugh. Right. So this was about our fourth week of going out. We went out a couple more week, weeks, and we were going out two or three times a week. So we were spending a lot of time together. And um, so, again, one night coming back from a, a local establishment, um, uh we're standing in two feet of snow, and uh, again, I should have thought through this, and I looked at her, and I said, you know what? And this is the proposal. I said, you know what? We've been going out now for six weeks. Like, that's a lifetime. Yes, yeah, forever. We've been going out for six weeks, and you know what? We're either going to get married or we're not. What do you want to do? That was your proposal. That was a form of. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was what I could come up with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, a half a dozen drinks, and then you right, work. Right, right. All the words don't go together the way you're... Understandable. You know, I mean, in my head, it came out. And I wasn't <laughs> yeah. about to kneel down on one knee in two feet of snow. No, for sure. How could you? Know, you? Right. Bury, bury half my body. So I said, you know, we've been going on for six weeks now. Um we're either going to cut this off or we're going to get married. And she said, okay. And I said, well, okay, what? (laughs) And she said, okay, let's get married. 
I said, okay, let's get married because now I'm sober. Right. For two reasons. One, I'm freezing my butt off. And two, she said, okay, let's get married. Yeah, now that now that's real. That, that will shock you into so, sobriety. Mm-hmm. So I immediately said, because now I'm sober, are you sure you don't want to think about it? <laughs> and we can talk about this in the morning. <laughs> because now you wanted to think about it a little bit. <laughs> oh, I, in that instant, I mm-hmm. had my, my life flashed before my eyes. Right. She said, no, I've been thinking about it for weeks. I made up my mind. We should get married. I said, all right, I'll call you in the morning. <laughs> in the house, she went, backed out through the snow, went home, all the way home. What, what did you say? What did you do? I have to give up drinking. This is ridiculous. So the next morning, I called her up, and I don't think the phone rang more than once. And picked up the phone. Of course, she lived on the north side. She had her own incoming line. Ah, okay. And going on. So it wasn't like she had to share a phone with her parents. Right. She, in her room, she had her own. So mm-hmm. whoop, with the phone, I love you. I couldn't be happier. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell my parents all about it. And, and that was that. That was uh, 51 years ago. 51, all oh, right, right, 51 years ago. What was your question? No, that, that, either, that you answered a handful of questions, actually. I guess I did. I was going to get to all of those things. Well, these are not short stories. No. Any, I have short stories. Well, we might get to some of those. Any specific <clears throat> memories from your wedding itself? Uh, a lot of drunks. <laughs> the boys from the blue-collar side of town started out it was a uh, it was in a big hotel right you remember these people had a couple bucks mm-hmm. it was in a big hotel it was a tile tie and tails white tie and oh, wow. tails mm-hmm. evening wedding uh the ceremony was in the afternoon the reception was in the evening there was a real rock and roll band in one room in one ballroom and there was an adult, if you will, a big band in another ballroom. So it was quite a big affair. Flowers all over the place and uh, waiters walking around with glasses of champagne so they could have a champagne toast, sit-down dinner for 200 with uh, an open bar. So you had a big, very elaborate wedding. I guess you could say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For its time. Yeah, it sounded huge. wasn't as good as a mafia wedding. <laughs> I've been to those, too. Well, it was a bakery wedding, not a, not a it mafia. It was a bakery and quite a cake. I was going to say, say. Prob- probably a pretty good cake. Uh, yes, it was more than adequate. Mm-hmm, I bet. Okay, but it sounded like a good time. Yes, it was It was a very good time. Uh, the reception uh, was phenomenal. And then you went off on your honeymoon to where? Uh we actually went up to uh, Upper Michigan, got in a 59 Chevy Impala convertible, black, black convertible top, red and white interior, 283, four-barrel, dual exhaust, three-speed on the column. I think I've seen pictures of that very car. Yes, we still have those pictures. Mm-hmm. Your mother and hair curlers. Standing next to the car. I've seen that picture. Yes, you have. Mm-hmm. Now I know the story. Yeah. Dressed to impress. Mm-hmm. She was already married. Yep. 
Might as well leave the curlers in the next morning. Right. Right? Lots of 12 hours. And up to Sault Ste. Marie, where we got on a, a little shuttle boat, I guess, a ferry boat, and went to Mackinac Island mm-hmm. to the Grand Hotel. Uh, that sounds grand. That's a good name for a Well, nice the hotel. front porch is 100 yards wide. 100 yards? It's a grand hotel. Wow. Okay. Or is it 100 feet? It might be 100 feet wide, not 100 yards. Well, 100 yards is a football field. Yeah, that's too big. Yeah. Even for the Grand Hotel. Mm-hmm. I don't think the island was that big. I don't think Mac and I got it. 100 but, yards. But it definitely had this huge. Right. It had to be 100 feet. One into the other, possibly 100 feet. Very nice place. Um, uh, first class. Right. And, uh, of course, we went through all the gift envelopes so that we could afford to be there at the <laughs> Grand Hotel. Of course. Because with a Grand Hotel comes Grand Bills. Uh, it was. Grand Expenses. Yes. Okay. So, as you know, I've very recently celebrated my 10th anniversary. Yeah, 7707. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... What is the secret to a long, happy marriage? Oh, the right woman. Makes sense. Can't do it without the right woman. You've been around me for 40-some years now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Do you think uh, we'd be celebrating next Saturday night at Catfish and Company if your mother didn't <laughs> hold this whole thing together? I understand. I understand. Well, one, one last question regarding this. What's just one of your fondest memories from the last 50 years of marriage? Uh, I would say wedding night. Yeah, I bet so. Those are pretty fond memories. Absolutely. Terrific. Uh, hardly ever repeated. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. You got the message. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, mo- moving on. So you were married for four years before you had children. What, what were those years like from the time you got married and were well, without children? Yes. There, there was no birth. Your mother had a miscarriage. Hmm. And so that pretty much uh, put the brakes on because uh, being a new bride and da, 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 and I think we were married at that time six months when she got pregnant and a month later she um, uh, had a miscarriage. Mm. And it was a sad time and a rude awakening. So then we thought, okay, Let's make a personal adjustment. We've only been together for six months because back then you didn't live with anybody pretty much. It was she lived at home, I lived at home, or I had an apartment, but she didn't live in that apartment, or I lived out of town at school or something. She lived at home. Most of the brides came from their parents' home to the church, to the reception, and then you started marriage. So being married only six months, you hardly really knew each other. Right. I mean, we were having a lot of fun. I mean, we were going out three, four times a week. We had our friends over. It was great. And then she had a miscarriage. Yeah. And um, that will upset the apple cart. So we put the brakes on and um, thought, well, maybe we ought to wait at least a year. And then... um, I forget how long we did wait. Uh, got married in 67. Seven. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 1967. Right. 
I uh, got married in 67, and Cindy was born in 71 with a miscarriage in between. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys did socialize quite a bit. As a matter of fact, included in that was you had a membership to the Playboy Club. Oh, yeah, we were social animals. <laughs> right. Well, we were animals anyway. So I'll bet you most people today don't know that that was a thing, the Playboy Club. Well, that Club. was the thing. But but I mean, enough time has passed. The last the last Play, Playboy Club was closed in Manhattan thirty years ago. Okay, well, the, during that that era, uh, when we were members, um, it wasn't a club; it was a resort, and they opened up a couple of Playboy resorts. Uh, I'm not sure where they were all located, but there was one in. Um, uh, Wisconsin on the Illinois uh, Wisconsin line, and it was called Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Right. Again, that's where the money people from Illinois and the money people from Wisconsin would congregate because they had homes around the lake. Well, uh, Hefner thought this is great. We have a Playboy Club in downtown Chicago, right? In a big office building in the Playboy building where they publish the magazine. But wouldn't it be great to have a Playboy resort with a golf course and swimming pools? So that was a big deal. So uh, being in a position at that time um, uh, to uh, take part in it, no children, two two incomes, Mm -hmm. uh, relatively low overhead, young, in good health, let's buy a membership to the Playboy Club. Did you know that there was an article in the New York Post this past February that they're opening, they're reopening one in Manhattan? No, I don't sub- subscribe to the New York Post. Uh, I don't either, but in researching for our time together, well, I wanted to know what no, the history I, of it was, and it turns out they're, they're opening another one. I don't know. I didn't follow up to see if it is actually open, but there was an article in February saying they were going to do it again. How about that? Pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, we were uh, members, and we did go to Lake Geneva to the Playboy Club. And because I was the only one in our group that had a membership, we would take uh, at least one, if not two other couples with us. Okay, moving on. So four years in, Cindy was born, first child. Three years after that, I came along. Did you guys ever have a conversation where you discussed, hey, we're going to have this number of children? Well, it wasn't a set number of children. Again, your mother had a miscarriage before Cindy was born. Then we waited and, you know, traveled and belonged to the Payboy Club, did whatever we wanted to do, didn't save a whole lot of money, but had fun. So we were young and, you know, pissed away a bunch of money. Anyway, uh, then Cindy came along, and, of course, you straighten up and fly right. And then we thought, okay, the best way to do this is to have one kid in diapers. So that was planned. When this kid is potty trained and out of diapers, we'll have another one. Well, it turned out that Cindy came along first, you came along second, three years, one month, and one day apart. That's right. I wouldn't call that planning, would you? (laughs) Three years, one month, and one day? Not at all. Not at all. So we went forward with the idea that if we have another kid, that's fine. But we weren't really planning it at that time because you were a newborn. Well, then about a year 
or 18 months later, your mother had one or two within a two-year period of time miscarriages. Hmm. And when you were born, your mother had some difficulty, um, uh, not with the delivery, but afterwards. You were 10 days old, and I handed you off to a neighbor, wrapped your mother in bath towels, and took her to the emergency room. Oh, wow. And she was in a coma uh, for a, about three or four hours, loss of blood and whatnot all. And they never did figure out why. Um, really? Why she was bleeding so profusely, hmm. what caused it, uh, or for that matter, where it came from. And, and and they called in a priest for the last rites. All the relatives were there. And I've got a three-year-old and a 10-day-old at home. Wow. Pretty exciting time. Yeah. Yeah, very exciting. So that, that kind of answers my next question, which was the births of both of my children were pretty memorable, the way that, the way that, that happened. Mm-hmm. And I was going to ask you, what, what about yours? But that's... Well, there you go. Obviously, that's I remember story. yours. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. No, I, I, and, and that'll make you think about the next one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So aside from that early incident, was parenting... Did you find parenting small children to be difficult? No, I traveled a lot. <laughs> so I didn't find it difficult at all. What was the hardest thing about being a parent just in general? About being a parent? I mm-hmm. guess patience. Patience, yeah. That's yeah. understandable. Yeah. Okay. So at some point you decided you were going to move our family from Wisconsin to Texas. Well, that was an easy decision. So what brought that about? Uh, 14 below zero and 80 inches of snow. <laughs> How did you decide where we were moving? Well, initially in 1976 or 77, uh, your mother and I took a trip to Southern California because I have always been a car nut, in the true sense of the word, car nut. Not aficionado, car nut. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now it's cars, motorcycles, whatever. So um, not, as you just pointed out, washing your car in the rain. You can imagine watching a two-year-old car rust before your very eyes. Right. Where in Southern California, they had 42-year-old cars that didn't have a spot of rust on them. So I thought, you know what? For the good of my family (laughs) and the good of my car, I'm moving my family to Southern California. Or not. But but we did move to Southern California. No, we never did. Mm -hmm. We we moved to North Texas. We took a trip to Southern California. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, without the children, looked around, talked to a few people. I was in the graphic arts industry at that So you time. went out there to scout? In 76. It wasn't just a vacation. You were out oh, there. Oh, no, to... I went out there to scout. Got it. 77. And um, looked at housing and looked in the San Diego area and east of Los Angeles because everything is east of Los Angeles. You get wet if you go west of Los Angeles. And um, it was overwhelming. Um, In 1977, a three-bedroom, two-bath house was $126,000. Yeah, Today, it's probably worth $2.7 million. Right. And I thought, no, 
there's got to be a better way. Well, a friend of mine that I had worked with in uh, Wisconsin, he had moved uh, two years earlier to San Antonio, Texas. Mm -hmm. LA. So I thought, hey, they have sunshine there, just like they have in California, and not much snow like they have in Wisconsin. Right. So mind you, I'd been in Wisconsin 20 years by that time. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of rusty cars. So you had all you could handle of the weather. That was it. Mm-hmm. Well, it was, it was mother-in-laws, father-in-laws, in-laws, outlaws, snow, cold, combination of things. Right. So I was self-employed and knew that I could sell my business, come up with a few dollars, and head west. So I went ahead and uh, took your mother then to San Antonio and our friend advised us that the Dallas-Fort Worth area was where the money was, not in San Antonio in 1977, 78. And that was good advice. It was very good advice. He told me that San Antonio, and I really wanted to choose San Antonio over Dallas-Fort Worth, but the money had something to do with it. Uh, so we hot-footed it up to the Dallas-Fort Worth area, looked around, liked what we saw, Went home, talked about it, put a for sale sign in the front yard. And so mom was equally on board. She, she was excited. Well, your mother went to all-girl Catholic high school, all-girl colleges. Right. And I remember your mother telling me the nuns back then in the day would tell the girls, you're going to be career women but first comes your family. So no matter what your education is, teaching, nursing, whatever it is, the family comes first. If These are the old nuns now. Finally did me a favor <laughs> and, uh, and told every graduating class, uh, not in these words, but if your husband comes home uh, from work one day and says, uh, we're moving to Alaska, I want to become a bricklayer, and you got one kid under one arm and one kid under the other arm. You put the kids down, you hug them, and say, okay, honey, and start packing. No kidding. That was the day that used to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not girls, qu- are you listening to this? It's not quite like that anymore. 50 years of marriage, girls. It's not quite like that anymore. It's all in the upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All in the upbringing. Yeah. What, what do you remember about the move itself? Well, I, uh, you were th- uh, three or four. I was four and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Cindy then would have been seven and a half. Right. So uh, tolerable, right? Sure. Uh, bathroom stops, long trip. Uh, so what do we do to make this more comfortable for everybody? Because it was a major transition for your mother. Even though she smiled and went along with it, she was born and raised and left 25 nephews and nieces and five or six brothers and sisters and mother and father all behind. Right. I didn't have that problem. And they're all still there. And they're, well, buried and not. Well, the ones that are still living still are still live there. there. Right. Never venture forth. Mm-mm. Okay. Stagnation. So I first went to my friend who owned a Buick dealership. And bought a um, uh, truckster. I bought a green 
with wood to grain sides. That was the going thing. <laughs> yes, it was. And I had it way before Clark got his. Mm -hmm. It was a 1978 Buick Electra 225 <laughs> station wagon, mm -hmm. metallic light green with wood grain sides. Did you trade something in? I always traded something in. Right. Mm -hmm. None of my stuff was ever paid for. Right. I had to trade it in. Uh -huh. So I traded in, and um, in the garage was your mother's 1976 red Buick convertible, white leather interior, white top. I think it was a 75. It was this 75. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And this was in 78. In bright fire engine red mm -hmm. with the white top, yeah. white leather Brand interior. New. Yep. Belonged to a dentist who never drove it. And this is... Probably the dentist she was going to marry. <laughs> Maybe. Could have been. And we won't get into the story, but at one point you bought a second 75 Buick LeSabre convertible in, in a candy apple red. Yeah. Parked it and, in the same garage side by side. Side by side and took a picture. Yeah. And then probably got rid of the car shortly Did the after. same thing with 62 Corvettes. Right, too. right. Yeah. Very okay. fool, Very foolish on my part. <laughs> Doesn't sound like... Very like foolish. Fool, not foolish to me. Well, nobody ever accused me of being smart. <laughs> uh, but very foolish and and survived. Okay, so bought the family truckster. Bought the family truckster, brought it home, all excited, told you kids, your mother at this time had her, her bird and some plants and you two kids. Well, we knew and, we were... And a poodle. And a poodle, a brown mm -hmm. poodle. Right, named... Coco. Yep. And knew we were taking the two kids with us. The other items were questionable. <laughs> right. But we had this truckster. Mm -hmm. So um, drop the tailgate, get as much in there as we can. Um, we have a covered wagon, I told you to. At that time, you two believed almost anything I told you. Of course. And uh, we're going west. And you loaded up onto an Allied van. Uh, May was it? It was allied. allied. It was definitely allied. And so uh, boxes and furniture in put, first, then the convertible, then the, then the red convertible, which actually slid off the ramp at some point. Um, they had a little difficulty in fourteen below weather loading that convertible. Mm, right, I remember. But they got it loaded. Yep. And then once they closed the door, we left. It was an extremely long day. Uh, it was early early February, February third or fourth. Uh, yes. Because we arrived on the 5th. Because they showed up about the 6th or 7th. Mm -hmm. And, and so, there was there was probably four feet of snow on the ground. Are you telling this story? Is that right? Was there about four feet of snow? Uh, no comment. It was over my head. No comment. <laughs> there was a lot of snow. There was 86 inches piled up in the intersections. So whatever 86 comes to, uh, 72 is six feet. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. It was a lot of snow. A lot of snow. Mm-hmm along with 14 degree below zero. If, if anything was going to convince you that you were doing the right thing, it was those oh, very when conditions. when I woke up that morning, I was convinced. <laughs> I was, don't, don't call off the truck. See if, see if the damn Buick will start. Mm -hmm. uh, call AAA if you have to. Get the hell out of Dodge. Yep. Don't look back. No, sir. You might turn into a pillar of right. salt. Right, right, Keep right, going right. as fast as you can mm -hmm. in this new Buick station wagon. So we did. We got out of Wisconsin, got through Chicago, and got into, I think, central Illinois. And uh, not as much snow then, not quite as cold, but it was still zero. And I looked around, and I thought, you know what? This might be a safe place to stop. <laughs> so we pulled in, spent the night. Unknown, unbeknownst to us, the truck didn't even leave Milwaukee at that point. 
But we thought once the door closed on the back of the truck, they were gone. Well, they didn't. They couldn't get the truck started. Oh, is that right? <laughs> so they had mechanic. Well, it sat all day long in this 14 degree below zero. Mm-hmm. So no. And so then the next day, um, I felt as though I had escaped the clutches of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yeah. And we, uh, we completed our move and... You guys have been here ever since. Uh, we put you kids in a Holiday Inn, mm-hmm. which you thought was great because they had an indoor swimming pool. And here it was February, and you were swimming. Was it a Holodome by any chance? Uh, could have been. Okay. The one in, the one in Irving. <laughs> Did you have anything else regarding the move? I'm sorry? Did you have anything else to say about the move? Um, yes. One of the drivers, when they finally showed up, which was two days late, but we had... Uh, talked to them. There were no cell phones, of course, but uh, we had talked to their dispatcher. Their dispatcher talked to them. They called us in our room in the hotel, so on and so forth. A lot of apologies and um, got all moved in. They were exhausted, so we bought dinner for everybody in our new house on Baker Drive in Hearst, Texas, and they slept overnight in the living room on the new carpeting in front of the fireplace. (laughs) I don't think I remember that. We immediately had house guests. And then uh, the driver, who was running the show with a helper, uh, forgot his sunglasses, how he could do that. Sun was shining bright that morning. Um, Forgot his sunglasses. Uh, Again, no cell phones back then. So your mother took them and put them in the uh, piano bench, and I think they're still in there. Is that right? Never came back. No kidding. Never saw him again. Uh, we heard that he, when we checked on him to let him know we had his sunglasses, uh, we heard that he had made a run to California, back to the Midwest, and joined the Army. No kidding. Yeah. I believe that guy's name. Yeah, I think his name was Alex. Alex. Well, that's it for today. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of the series with my dad when we discuss some wacky green family vacations my dad's dispute with the cemetery, and his thoughts on the British invasion. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss any of that. This is the Gravity Beer Crab Pass. We've been going out for six weeks, and you know what? We're either going to get married or we're not. What do you want to do? That was your proposal. That was a form of. <laughs> okay. And she said, okay. And I said, well, okay, what? (laughs) And she said, okay, let's get married. I said, okay, let's get married. In that instant, I had my my life flash before my eyes. Right. I said, all right, I'll call you in the morning. (laughs) Did you find parenting small children to be difficult? No, I traveled a lot. (laughs) So at some point you decided... You were going to move our family from Wisconsin to Texas. Well, that was an easy decision. So what brought that about? Uh, 14 below zero and 80 inches of snow. <laughs> this was a podcast from the Pod Fix Network. Check out.